Hello, and welcome to episode 170 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Bella, joined today with Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. Hey, Phil, what happened, man? Like, you you were on a roll there for a little while where you'd greet people with, hello, you honorary fueligans, and that, that just kind of disappeared. What happened? Welcome back, all you honorary fueligans. Yeah, I think I think you should keep it, man. I, I think they like being honorary fueligans. I know I would, that's for sure. Also joining us today, someone's probably pretty excited because there's a zero in the number. It's episode 170, Pete DeMayer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 170. 70, 70, 70, 70. <laughs> I'm rounding out the Fueligan crew today. Uh, this is going to be one of her shows, so we know it's going to be great. And she's going to be extra excited because 170 in numerology is number eight. Her favorite number, it's Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. I didn't even realize that. Thanks for pointing that out, Stuart. That's awesome. You're welcome. I felt like I owe you from last week's episode because we kind of beat up on you a little bit about the whole pretending Brittany came up with those <laughs> those sayings that you like to say, like always be testing. So that that's my gift to you today. It's the Dang. only one you're gonna get, but I appreciate it. So you're gonna you want to tell us this is your episode. So you want to tell us what we're gonna call this bad boy? <laughs> I thought that we should call this. The death of Google Analytics. Dun, dun, dun. Has to be, right? That's the most clickbaity thing we can do. So I mean, either that or the death of SEO, but I don't cover SEO. It's so already I dead. Analytics. Yeah, it died a lot. We, we should start calling all of our episodes the death of SEO. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be SEO the death of something. You know, you know how friends used to be the one with or the one where? Yes. We should do everything. It should be the death of or the, you know. And just do something different each episode. The gang kills Google Analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Always sunny. That's fine. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about, I don't know if you've heard of this yet or not. A lot of you, if you pay attention, a lot of people are beginning to talk about this. This is the new Google Analytics version 4 that is going to replace universal Google Analytics, which is what you currently use. So we're going to be talking about what is it, what's different, what do you need to do? Do you need to care? All that fun stuff in true Fueligan style. We're going to break that down. But before we jump into that, let's see what's going on. I don't know. Who's going to sing? I just, I was about to introduce the Newsaroos and I don't know. I literally don't know who's going to sing the jingle. I'm going to, I'm going to sing. I can't just let someone take my, my throne. <laughs> Even though that might upset Adele like last, That's last week. That's fine. She... That's fine. <clears throat> All right. We'll go with it. With hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now is time. Oh, yeah, news a ruse. Wow. Bringing the heat. I, I think you owned it, Pete. I, I, I have no words. Wow. That's exactly what I wanted everyone to feel. I want to feel speechless. Except for Phil, who's got to read us the news a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea you were so talented with this like, Pete, that was 80s awesome. rock voice, man. There you go. Wow. Holy cow. My hair is flowing in the wind as I sound there. <laughs> I feel like we need to end the episode right there. That's just insane. We, we just peaked. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. All right. See us next week for episode 121. <laughs> so what is going on in the newsrooms? So I just saw an article on New York Times that a man nearly went to prison for leaving a bad review of a hotel. 
Yes. What? Yes. Truth. Um, so this uh, this guy Wesley Barnes is an American. Was staying at the Seaview Cochang Resort in Thailand, and he left a bad review. They told him to take it down. He refused to take it down because Thailand has crazy uh, defamation laws. They told the police. The police arrested him, and he spent uh, two days in jail, and then he posted bail. Um, And then the hotel made him issue an official apology, um, making a statement that all of the things he said in his review were untrue. He made it all up, and then they dropped the charges. So I'm trying to find his actual review. I see where it started with avoid this place as if it were the coronavirus. Yes. <laughs> but I can't find the rest of it that – was that it? Yeah, apparently it started over um, – like he brought a bottle of liquor or something to the restaurant and they charged him a $15 corking fee and that was the start of it all. Uh, but regardless, I mean he if, – if they wouldn't have dropped the charges, he could have spent up to two years in prison for leaving a bad review – because of Thailand's laws. And a bunch of people are angry at this hotel because right now is not the time to be pushing away travelers uh, for, for any hotel or, or tourist destination. A um, lot, lot of criticism because they actually followed through and, and, and got the police involved over, over a bad review. So the, there's this phenomena in, called the Streisand effect. And I, I might have yes. mentioned it on the show before, right? And and the story goes that there was a website that posted a photo and location of Barbara Streisand's house. And no one really paid attention to the fact that this website did it, except for Barbara Streisand. So she went and started trying to sue these people, to which point it became a news, news story. And then everyone started paying attention to this website. And then everyone paid attention to where Barbara Streisand lived. So... The fact that she was trying to prevent something, the action she took to try to actively prevent something actually caused the thing she was trying to prevent, right? This is the Streisand effect. And and I feel like this is a prime example of that, right? Where this hotel has, has probably created more damage by taking such a strong line than it would have had it just let a negative review, review sit and we've And we've talked about how to handle reviews properly many times on this podcast and you if you're a hotel you can't take on the internet they're they're going to beat you so lean into it if there was a problem we've already talked about this but address the problem ex- explain that you're you apologize sincerely and then what you're doing to correct that problem well, that well, would go go ahead the biggest problem that i think that they they created is as much like what Stuart said this isn't covered by just some hotel news website. This was in the New York Times. New York Times is telling people that, hey, don't go to Thailand, essentially. You might go to prison. <laughs> that They they absolutely Streisand affect themselves. I don't want to go to Thailand after reading this. It's right, just, not just a hotel, all of right. Thailand. It's nuts. But yeah. yeah, you're right, Pete. Respond to reviews in the right way. That's right. Unless you got vanilla ice, because he will solve your problems. He says so in his songs. Really? <laughs> and do you check out the hook while his DJ revolves it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's a fun one to, to lead off for a fun episode. So let's jump in to the topic at hand. Google Analytics is dead. Discuss. 
I don't know if this is going to be a fun episode, but let, let's roll with it. <laughs> well, don't, you don't start by telling people it's going to be boring, right? Because then they're just going to turn off. I didn't say that it wasn't going to be interesting. I just said it might not be fun. Okay. Well, how about every five minutes, Pete just needs to jump in with his rock star voice. And then <laughs> yeah. We'll keep it I'll, I'll transcribe whatever Melissa's trying to say in a 1980s rock ballad. Yeah. That is fantastic. <clears throat> Yeah, I want I want you to do like a meatloaf style next time. That, that's that's how I want to go. Pete, Bruce Dickinson, DeMeo. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. <laughs> all righty. So, anywho, if perhaps you have access to a Google Analytics account, which probably most marketers possibly do at this point in time, then at the end of October, you probably received an email from all the Googles saying, welcome to the future of Google Analytics. (laughs) Maybe that should be our title instead of the death of analytics. Nah. No, it's not nearly as clickbaity. Yeah, that's true. So in this lovely email, it said, and I quote, We're introducing a new, more intelligent analytics experience that delivers the essential customer insights you need to be ready for whatever comes next. Get started today with just a few clicks. Hmm. Lee said that. You sound skeptical. Yeah, just a few (laughs) clicks. It's that easy, right? It's that easy. Everything can be done in three clicks. So... (laughs) If you got that email, maybe you looked at it, maybe you clicked the link, but I'm sure you may have wondered, well, what is, what are they talking about? What does this mean for me? And what the heck is going on? So we're here to tell you what is going on. What is the dealio with Google Analytics? So they have released a new version, completely brand new, that is now called GA4 or Google Analytics 4. It was previously named App Plus Web because that's a great name while it was in beta, but in full release, it is officially known as GA4. Where did the four come from? I don't know. Well, believe it or not, there have been three previous major core measurement protocols before this release. So because this is the fourth update to their core measurement script, it is now GA4. So that's where the name comes from figured all that out. So Google has been spending so much of its resources in, I'm going to say, probably the past year in developing this product. I have been watching it as it's been evolving. It was really initially uh, set up for apps, which is why it's app plus web. And actually, back a year ago, they forced all people using Google Analytics in apps to switch to this protocol. Like your regular Google Analytics literally stopped working. That was it. They forced you to move to this new recording measurement and uh, we had to, and it wasn't ready back then, but they've made yeah, a lot of changes. That was a brutal transition. That sure. is that it's app plus web and not web plus app and yeah. where Google expects the web usage to go in the future. Yeah, so this will actually, this allows you, if you have an app plus a website, it'll let you measure it in the same place, which is kind of cool. So with all that said, maybe you want to know what the heck the difference is between old, quote unquote, Google Analytics or Universal Analytics 
and the new GA4. So let's talk about the differences. So as I said, this is a whole different thing. When you get a GA4 property, it is completely separate from your current universal analytics property in Google Analytics. So, you know, if you think of the structure, when you log into Google Analytics, you have an account, you may have multiple properties, and then within each property, you have a view or multiple views. So this is a whole new property level thing. Um, thing that was very technical. It's a whole new property yeah, that, within your account. <laughs> yeah, the thing is definitely the technical word for it. It, yes. So I, we can't <laughs> overemphasize that enough because I think a lot of people are thinking this is just an update to the reporting. They're just going to log in one day and it's going to look a little different. No, this is Wrong. completely new product from the ground up. And, yes. and you're going to have to do a lot of work to get this to work. Yes. So on the plus side, Google is claiming that it will be better able to track users across multiple, multiple devices, which is awesome for everybody, obviously. And shortly, or somewhere in the near future, the data collection will be free from any cookie issues, which we just talked about on why this is important because of the issues with third uh, party cookies. Third party cookies going away, yeah. And, and the really interesting thing about this, and we'll get into it being event-based and, and all that in a second, and not session-based, but you, web, or app plus web is an important thing because what it means is you're going to be able to track a user or a guest from your website to your app and back in, in across exactly. multiple pro, multiple devices as well. So this is something that we've wanted for a while because there's been a lot of gaps in analytics, you know, the visibility into what one person does cross device, cross platform, things like that is, is eventually going to go away. Now the promise is there execution mm, not quite there yet but that that is part of the reason why they're pushing us in this direction so they also say that this is built with machine learning from the ground up so that theoretically it's going to automatically find insights into your data dun, da, dun. which makes sense right i mean google is is all in on ai in general they have a lot of machine learning baked into all of their products. I mean, we've talked about yes. the Google ads a lot and what they're doing with machine learning there. So it just makes sense that analytics in general, which is a bunch of data, uh, if you can have machine learning kind of run through that and see patterns and see opportunities from not just your own data, but comparing your data to everyone's data across the web, that's that's a really positive thing. It's going to make us smarter marketers in the long oh, run. And and, and their machine learning, they claim, looks at it on, you know, a, like a, a level of a, a vertical. So you will be compared with other similar businesses, most likely hotels. But if it's anything like what we've seen them do with the recommendation section of Google Ads, half of it's going to be useful and half of it's going to be pretty self-serving to Google. So be mindful of that when they start... <laughs> putting out insights for you. Yeah, the insight's going to be spend more money on Google Ads. Yeah, pretty much. Just, just keep that in mind. Plus, I will say this. I mean, there is already in Google Analytics, there are these quote-unquote automated insights. Adobe has it also where it's like anomaly detection. 
And up to this point, and I've been looking at this data for a long time, I have yet to see virtually anything that's useful come out of these automated, you know, in quote unquote insights. So I am very curious to see what this is going to look like if it's if they really, you know, tune this into to be real useful data yet well, to be seen. It needs to learn, Melissa. I can't. Yeah, machines need to learn, man. But it also sounds fancy when you say you're using AI, so I guess they, they had to do it. Now more than ever. <laughs> Drink. We're all in this together in this omni-channel world. Oh, oh Melissa, I thought of you the other day. Beer right there. I, I was on a call the other day, a demo with someone, and they, the guy said omni-channel four times. And it was completely out of context. It, 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 was, it was actually a lock provider, someone that provides... Um, the digital lock technology. They were talking about how their their lock stuff was going omni-channel, which made no sense, none whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then, moving on. So probably from just an aesthetic standpoint, when you log in to this new reporting system, you're going to see it is a brand new reporting system. It is a completely different interface than what you are used to in Google Analytics. There is a lot of cool stuff, and I know that's another technical term. There's just a lot of cool stuff in here, but there's a lot of basic stuff that they've taken away. So newbies, or even not newbies, are gonna take a little bit of time to get used to this new system. On the plus side, for more advanced users who are always looking at Google Analytics with the why can't I do this in Google Analytics, this is what they're fixing. They're building, there's a whole custom reporting section of this interface where you can just drag and drop stuff and build custom reports that basically will allow you to drill down into just about anything you want in your data. Hallelujah. Finally, yeah, that gets Thanks. my nerd juices flowing right there. That that is awesome. So, really Melissa, like on that, are we going to have the sample data issue that we have with regular Google Analytics with GA four? So the answer is no, which is what? awesome. There will be no sampled data. Which, what? yeah. So let me just backtrack and explain what explain that is what right? that means to some people because yeah. I don't think everyone but, knows. But seriously, everybody, I need everyone to stand up. And now sit down while Melissa explains this because this is groundbreaking for anybody who has a lot of traffic. If you, if you have a lot of traffic to your website, there is a threshold at which point Google says, meh, you've got the free version of this software and I'm only going to take a sample of it. And I'm going to base all this stuff that you're looking at based on, I don't know, 16% of the data that you actually have which may or may not skew the results of what you're looking at in the interface. I think it's fair to say it may. It may it skew may. It may actually give you completely wrong information. So there is no sample data in GA4, but here comes the Melissa caveat. There is a maximum of 500 unique events that you can send and we're going to talk about events in a minute but just keep this number in mind 500 unique events is what you can send if you have the free version of ga4 so so how does that compare to the existing google analytics in terms of events there were no stipulations on events because that's not how it tracked okay. stuff completely separate 
So before it was based on basically sessions or people, and now it's based on events in terms of thresholds. So that's that. And I saved the best for last. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Drum roll, please. Bounce rate is no longer a thing. It's Hallelujah. gone. They've taken it away. What? Completely. It does not exist as a metric in GA4. Wow, that, that's someone calling to tell us that hallelujah right there because <laughs> they're excited. This is a big deal. This is the most overstated KPI in the world. Like people hang their hat on this bounce rate thing, and it means literally nothing on its own. Right? Out of context, so it means nothing. Well, at least my bits delivered is still a valuable stat, right? <laughs> yeah, and your hits. You're going to get a lot yeah. of hits. Uh, nobody, has but, urchin, nobody has a lot of urchin humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember, Melissa took her... her uh, I took my the, urchin, urchin stat off my yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> there you go. But, but, you know, bounce rate is something that people will, like, get all excited if their bounce rate goes down or all mad if it goes up. And, and it's... You've got to look at the context of it. What is the traffic? Where is it coming from? And what is it doing? You know, it, it it's an important metric, but only in context with other stuff. So what Google's doing is saying, yeah, stop looking at that in isolation. Start looking at this engagement stat instead. What's engagement KPI? So what what is the engagement KPI, Melissa? So they have two different engagement metrics. One is the engagement rate. And then one is basically engagement time on site or on page, depending on what you're looking at. So the engagement rate is looking at the number of sessions that lasted longer than 10 seconds or had a conversion event or had two or more page views. Okay. Did you get all that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's way better than bounce rate. <laughs> it is definitely better than bounce rate. Which sure. the opposite, right? It, it's it's a measurement of the people that did something versus the people that didn't do something. So so how are they able to measure time on site on a single page view? Well, that is a jolly good question. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Because out of the box, um, at the very least, they are tracking scrolls. So your scroll tracking is part of that engagement. And so it can at least get a time. If you've gone somewhere down the page, it at least knows that much. So That's this, pretty this, cool. This is really cool. And this is where we really start to see the power of an event-based tracking system, right? So previously, Google Analytics or the current Google Analytics is session-based. So it's, it basically records when... Um, when the page loads, it'll send a bunch of information to Google, right? But it's not necessarily tracking behavior once the page is loaded. So it can tell you loaded this page, you loaded this page. If we pass some custom variables or some variables in, we can see things like how much money was in the was in the transaction, things like that. But for the most part, it, it, it relies on page-to-page -page behavior. What this does, going to event-based behavior, is you can literally and set up what did you say, up to 500 different events? So yes. you can start tracking things like when someone scrolls over your navigation, when someone um, clicks on a form field, when someone puts content into a form field. 
when someone opens up a pop-up on the site or like an info box or something, you can start to track actual behavior within a single page without them having to reload another page. You can fire off events at any point and you can configure that and control what events you fire off, which is how Adobe Analytics has worked for a long time and one of the reasons a lot of our clients have used Adobe Analytics for a long time because it gives us an extra layer of insight into what the consumer's doing. Google Analytics is going to bring four is going to bring that to you as well. And, and that's huge because typically you look at bounce rate as a failure versus a answering the question the first page. Right. And that gives us a better, much, much better view of the people who we previously said were bounces and thus failures. Maybe those were actually successful users who just got all the information they needed before they left the site. How many times have I said that? <sighs> I think Brittany said it more, but yeah. <laughs> Here's the, the one part of this. So there's also, like I said, there's engagement time on site or time on page. Um, and this one is a little bit wishy-washy to me. So their definition of that, of the, how they're getting that is the amount of time that the page or site is in focus on your browser. So my question is, if I walk away from my computer right now with this fuel travel site up and I come back in 40 minutes is my active time 40 minutes I would have to imagine there's there's probably a cutoff and there's probably something that looks at it um, I don't know if you've ever been on on Facebook and you're watching a video and then you click away and the video stops um, or or how Apple knows on their phones like if you're if you have the phone, facing you or if you turned it away when an ad comes on. I'm sure there's something along those lines that that kind of triggers that. Yeah, you would imagine they'd put some kind of re restriction on, on an un um, or, or session or someone's on a page that has no interaction, no mouse movement, no scrolling, any, any of that stuff. The focus thing's interesting because basically what that means is right now if, um, if, I, if I loaded your website and then I, I switch tabs and check my email for 30 minutes and then switch back to your website and clicked on something. Google right. Analytics in its current form is going to say that 30 minutes I was on your website. So it, it's going to skew the numbers. But by Google Analytics 4 saying we're going to ch check to see if you're on focus, meaning that the tab is the active tab that you're looking at, it's going to eliminate some of that. So to so right. You really have to prepare yourself because a lot of the data that you've been looking at is is likely going to be very, very different in this new format because it's, it's actually measuring different things. Some things might be called the same, but the way it's measuring it might be very different. So you, if, if, for example, you see your average time on site drop, that doesn't necessarily mean all of a sudden people are spending less time on your website. It just means the new tool is measuring it more accurately and you've been overstating it this whole time. Yes. Melissa, I have a question for you. Okay. So the 500 unique events, is that 500 across your site and app? Yes. Okay. And then everything contained yeah. in that property. Gotcha. And then I guess what kind of, different metrics are we looking at because a lot of app screens have no scrolling and, and things along those lines. So what what's the real difference there in, in, in 
the types of events or engagement that you're looking at? I mean, for an app, it could be, you know, any other thing that you're looking at in an app. It could be a form submission. It could be, you know, it could be a booking because, you know, you might have a mobile app from Fuel Travel that will allow you to make bookings. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good product, if I do say so myself. But it could be like you might want to measure like how many people are checking in by the mobile app, right? So that could be an event that you trigger or every time someone uses their digital key on the on the fuel mobile app, then you could you could track that too as an event. So But from, think, a, from a cross device tracking perspective, those all are gonna work start working together much, much more effectively, right? Yeah, because one one of the things you're gonna want to see, right, is say say you have a good funnel and you're doing things the right way. You might say have people that come to the website and then you trigger an email to them because you're smart and you're doing card abandonment and stuff. And that email might promote the fact that you have a mobile app and that maybe they get the best rates guaranteed on the mobile app. And then someone goes and downloads the mobile app and then goes on to book. Well, you, you want to tie all of that behavior together. You want to be able to see that someone interacted on the website, clicked on an email and then ultimately went on and booked through the app. Having visibility into that whole omni-channel approach, then I think you're going to have you got to make much better um, decisions. Now more than ever. <laughs> so, everybody should just flip this switch, right? Get it loaded yeah. as soon as you can. It's just a few clicks. This Google said, Google told me it was just a few clicks. That's what they said. Yeah. So, Google blatantly lied. <laughs> They just literally lied to your face when they said this. Now, to their defense, I will say this. If you clicked on that link and you went into your Google Analytics and you went into your admin and said, hey, I want to upgrade. There is literally an upgrade link in the admin console to say, hey, sign me up for this GA4 thing. It is just a couple of clicks to enable GA4. You still have to implement it, number one. And even if you do the most basic implementation, the only thing you are getting are page views, downloads, outbound clicks, and scrolling. That is it. That's what you get out of the box when you quote unquote click upgrade and install the basic GA4 tag on your website. So totally waste of time, right? There's no real value that you get from from the basic implementation. Well, I'm going to talk about that later. Mm. But you get scrolling, at least. <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind, it doesn't replace your current Google Analytics. So if you want right. to play around with it, by all means, have at it. Right? It's not going to hurt anything. Right. It, you're not going to break your current implementation. It's not going to disappear. It just adds a new property. But literally every other thing that you are already tracking, e-commerce, form submissions, any other events that you might be tracking already, do not just magically come along with the magical just three clicks. It doesn't happen you have to completely re-implement a new set of code in addition to the code that is ex- that is existing on your website now. So this is not a small undertaking. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some thought. And it is not just three clicks. 
So yeah, I think the thought is important, right? You've got to plan it out. Like in the old old like Google Universal Analytics, you literally put a, a snippet of code in the header or the footer of your site, and and boom, it was done. This, you've got to even, they lied about that too because that didn't track e-commerce. You still had to figure out well, how to do that. That's true, right? But with this, you've really got to map out everything you want to track and be deliberate about it. Which honestly is great. It really makes you think about what's important. What am I trying to accomplish on this website? And what is the best data I can use to make decisions to make my website better? It, yeah. This is a great thing. But it also means you've got to be forward thinking because you the last thing you want is to get 12 months down the line and say, oh, man, uh, it would have been great if I tracked that thing because you, you can't go back and get it once, you, once you've passed. Right. So with all that said, on top of all that, just be aware that, again, this is new data. Once you create this new property, there is no retroactive data. There's nothing that's going to be carried over into this new property. You start at ground zero. Keep well, not what you want to, right? Because like we said earlier, that the data is not the same data. It's not measuring True. the same things. So a but comparison a would be people, completely misleading, yeah. I think. Agreed. But I think people you know, may just assume like, oh, I created a new thing and all my past data should be in here. But that's not the case. All right. So the next thing is really, really important. And that is that there is no such thing as a view for these properties. So again, I'm gonna to backtrack to the structure of Google Analytics. You have your account, you have your properties, and then within each one of those properties, you have either a view or multiple views. Some people, or some companies I should say, may have like a raw view where none of the data is touched, it never gets touched, it is the most raw form of data. Then there's like a testing view, like if you wanted to test out filtering out some IP addresses before you actually made that live, you want to test out some things to make sure you don't break anything, you might have a testing view, and then you know your master or your live view or whatever you want to call it. This does not exist anymore. There is no such thing as a view. So that means anything you do to this property, you are stuck with. That is it. There is there's no testing. There, there it, it's one and done. It's all you get. You get one property and you're done. What's the logic behind that? Don't know. No idea. <laughs> well, tell you. I mean, one keep in mind this is barely out of beta, right? This is a brand new product, and, and up until. A month or so ago, it had no e-commerce tracking. So it's clearly adding features to it as they roll it out. Almost daily. I'm not kidding when I say almost daily, there's stuff coming out. Right. Yeah, the entire GA team, the development team, has, has mothballed the existing Google Analytics, and they're all working on this now. Like, this is their primary focus. I, I will say this, too, and, and, you know, some people use views in current Universal Analytics to to segment their data, right? To, to yes. look at a specific segment or group. Yes. That 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 may not be necessary as much in this because you can create your own reports on the fly with the drag and drop, right? Sure. So, so I, I, it kind of negates the need to, to some degree of having to have those different views, potentially. Potentially. I still don't like the idea that it, they don't exist. Not a fan. And, and here's one of the reasons. So there are no 
there are two. There are two filters available to you. One is to filter out internal traffic, and this was just added. This didn't even exist a couple of weeks ago. And one is to filter out development traffic. I don't even know what that is, but that's the other filter. There's no such thing as query parameter exclusion. So let me explain what that means. In your current Google Analytics, there's a little checkbox that says exclude query parameters. And you can put in text in there that says things like, don't include the Facebook click ID that shows up in my URL because it messes up all your page views. So like your homepage now has 40 different versions because it has all these ugly parameters associated with it. Or if you think of your booking engine that has a hotel ID parameter and a room ID parameter and all your date parameters, none of that stuff can be filtered out. None of it. Think about how messy your pages are going to be. Yeah, so basically every query in your booking engine, if you're tracking that, is is a new page. So every exactly. single every single search is a new useless. page. Yeah. It is basically useless. At well, that again, point. this is in sort of beta still, right? And it's 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 going to improve by the time that anyone listening is really using this in a meaningful way. I'm missing. Hopefully, that a lot things. of this stuff will be ironed out. So that is all my point saying that, yes, there are lots of bugs right now. There are new features being rolled out. They're coming out very quickly. I'm just mad at Google for releasing this in the state that it came out in because it's not ready. I personally do not think it's ready. I have re read post after post after post from the most top Google Analytics experts all saying it's not ready. Like, do not do this yet. So, hey, oh. Pete, did you did you ever do that um, jingle from last week about Melissa ranting? Because I felt like this whole episode could have could have used that jingle. <laughs> Was that it? <laughs> wow! <laughs> My ear. Sorry, listeners. No, I need to work on that. I'm, I'm actually writing down on a piece of Post-it right now. No, right. next week we want the we want the grumpy Melissa jingle. <laughs> Here's two other points, by the way. There's no API, which means if you're using a product like Supermetrics to build reports to pull information out of Google Analytics, tough noogies, you're not getting it. Oh. Also, if you are using, say, our Fuel mobile app, which we used to have reporting on. We can't get reporting on it anymore because there's no API, which is great. It does, however, connect to BigQuery and to Google Data Studio. So they're that. So they are, they're How convenient. their own products. Isn't that great? How convenient. That's just such a coincidence. But not all Google products. So it integrates with Google Ads. It does do that. But it doesn't yet integrate with Google Search Console. How about that? Hmm. Yeah. How? Okay, fine. <laughs> That's so dumb. It's just not there yet. I'm sure maybe next week it will be. It's just <laughs> not ready. It's just not ready. So, what should you do? Oh, you got to go ahead and just drop your current analytics, switch over to this one tomorrow, right? 
that is not the right answer, Stuart. It's just not <laughs> hey, the right answer. Can we get can we get Pete to come in with his eighties rock voice for this next section? <laughs> what do you want to say? We have a title. Oh gosh, dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> Fine, Pete. <laughs> You're a potty pooper. Just disappoint the listeners. So I, you, you may come up with an 80s rock song off the top of my head, like right now. No, just wants you to read the title. Oh, so what should you do? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, th- I thought you expect this to be like some kind of like rock band thing. <laughs> Maybe we should just cut that part out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so what should you do? That was awesome. <laughs> Nice. You found your true calling. Well, what should you do is a good question. I'm going to start off with what shouldn't you do. How about that? We, meaning me, I say we, but it's really me. I really do not recommend you jumping right into the deep end of the pool right now for all the reasons I just stated. But the idea of spending an immense amount of time implementing a new Google Analytics with the idea that you may have to redo it in the very, very, very near future uh, as more features come out or as bugs get found or whatever the case might be just does not seem like a good use of time. And here's the kicker. This is my favorite part. Uh, Let's not forget your booking engine and how awesome all booking engines are aside from the fuel booking engine. You will be dependent on your booking engine provider to roll this out for you if you want to track revenue. So good luck waiting for that anyway. Well, we can do that. The other ones can't. That's what you're saying, right? That's what I'm saying. I guarantee you we will be the only booking engine on the market that can do that for for at least several months. Because the others, they just suck. All right, Melissa? That's That's right. But what we do recommend you doing if you so choose, is go ahead, set yourself up with a new GA4 property with the bare naked tracking, because if nothing else, it gives you the opportunity to just play around with the interface, see all the advanced features, and like get a sense of what it is that it's gonna allow you to do, because that's gonna help you plan your implementation. Yeah, so, well, you said it's all new, all new data, right? So at least you're starting to collect a little bit of historical data if you start right. now. At least you're getting that user information in there that it's going to magically do stuff with. So, and then that leads to do start thinking about an implementation plan once you get your feet wet there. Do not, under any circumstances, stop collecting your data in your Google Analytics property as it stands now. Google Analytics is not dead yet. Wait, but the title with the episode was The Google Analytics is Dead. Well, you know. You're a liar. You are lying like Google. I lie like Google. It's fine. I'm allowed. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> but there's no harm in running both your regular universal analytics and Google Analytics for in parallel. As a matter of fact, that is what all the important Google Analytics people are recommending that you do. And I'm on board with that. Um, at the moment of this recording, there is no information whatsoever when or if Universal Analytics will be uh, not supported anymore or if it's going to be sunsetted completely. 
I assume that at some point it's going to happen. I hope they're going to give us a couple of years before that happens. It, it will but... have to be in the years, right? And, and probably yes. more than a couple. Because yeah. literally every website on the internet has this. And we see how long it's taken people just to get mobile-friendly websites. Just to, to ask every website out there to go and change their analytics in a way that's not that easy you know that's i I don't see that happening for several several years so google's going to keep it up the other thing to keep in mind though is this is free software you're not paying for it right so really at the end of the day google can do whatever they want and there's not a whole lot you can do about it that is very true yeah Mm -hmm. and the last thing you should do is be on the lookout for a full blog post on all this stuff where I will include some fun screenshots and all the things that will look much nicer than podcast show notes. Yeah, and I think, well, we'll you know, obviously we're going to be on top of this. Analytics is the cornerstone of what we do here at Fjord, data nerds. And we, we've already started preparing our booking engine to take advantage of this. We've already got it working with our app. We, we, we will be on top of it. So if anyone listening is just freaking out right now about this, I mean, now is not the time. But, you know, at the appropriate time, reach out to us. We'll be happy to help you implement this. I think my assumption is we're going to be doing this for a lot of hotels in this industry because a lot of people aren't going to have a clue what they're doing. So we're, we're going to stay on top be- of it so you don't have to. We're going to be working very closely with the ones who do want to implement it because I think the implementation plan of it is going to be key, figuring out what those 500 events are going to be, what's important to your business, and what's important to your websites and apps. Um, that, that's that got to be you know, prominent in, in what, what your implementation plan is going to be. Figure out what it is we need to track. And I think like everybody has kind of said, don't take what Google does lightly because this is the direction they're heading. And, you know, in the terms of, of arbitrage, if you can jump in and start learning this and adapting and getting that AI, you know, I guess, Inside, information yeah. about your guests, yeah. it's, it's a great time to do it now before it becomes mandatory to do so. Yeah. Being an early adopter is often there's, there's a benefit. For sure. I mean, I think there's some risk as well inherently. Google has failed at, at other things in the past. For all the, those of you that spent a bazillion Google hours, Plus. yeah, <laughs> focusing on your Google Plus or Google Wave strategy, or you spent fifteen hundred bucks on Google Glass, you know, Google's not infallible. But you know, I think this is something that is needed because there are clearly several shortcomings of the current Google Universal Analytics that limit the ability for for marketers to make decisions. This is going to resolve a lot of those, but it's in its infancy. It needs to mature as a product, and it will. Google are putting a lot of resources into this. They're banking on this being the future direction of analytics. So you need to at least be aware of it right now. Like Melissa said, maybe playing around with it, but don't jump two-footed in at this point uh, and abandon what is working for you. So Google Analytics, as it stands, is going to be around for several years but you need to stop preparing for this new new era as well. So, Melissa, I have, I have a very important question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. When we finally started moving away from Adobe Analytics, there was always concerns. Does this put Google closer in line with Adobe's offerings and make it more of a one solution for everybody? Yes. 
It does. Uh, uh, once it's finished, right? Once right. it's finished, and yes. Yeah, but that's, so, a, well, that's a big deal, right? I mean, it, it is the fact that Google's finally getting to that point because we've been they saying that for almost because, a decade now, right? Yeah, so they needed to compete with what Adobe has been dumping all their efforts into. And again, remember, Adobe is a pay tool. They, you know, they have money to dump into so support and development. Uh, not that Google doesn't have money, but, um, you know, Adobe has spent a lot of time developing this workspace analysis, which is like the most unbelievable analysis tool I could have ever dreamed of in my entire career as an analyst, where, I mean, you can just build all the things, all the different, you any kind of breakdown you could possibly imagine and the visualizations and just everything. They Google Analytics was falling further and further behind every day compared to Adobe, and that was a problem. So this is why, in my humble opinion, GA4 is now why, well, why they released it as they did. They're like, hey, look, we got something going on here. Don't forget about us. Yeah, and let's not forget really why Google Analytics exists. Google didn't create this product because they love giving away free software. They created it because of the data, right? They want to understand what consumers are doing on websites, how websites are performing to inform their search engine algorithm so that they can better target people and make more money from advertising. That's their end game. Oh, and uh, speaking of which and self-serving things, you know, they have some different attribution models in GA4, two of which revolve around Google ads. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you can see like Google Analytics last tra- tra- last click attribution, Google Analytics last engagement attribution, or Google Ads last click attribution and Google Ads last engagement attribution. How about that? Yeah, How about cool. that? Melissa, yeah. I think you're I think you're excited about this, but I also think it's going to give you agita. wow that is a blast from the past right there phil that is a deep deep callback i think on that i think she said it i I go back and listen to that episode i swear she said aja who which episode the episode that she replaced me on Brittany. you think think Brittany said agita i don't think Brittany knows the word agita Yes, she does. She's from up north. She knows it. She was one of the few people in the office that knew it. I can't well, remember what she was talking about, but I swear she used that word. Well, e- either way, it's interesting that Google <laughs> is giving us more attribution models, even if two of them are somewhat self-serving. Yes. I mean, can, so here's a question. Can you look at those attribution models in tandem with your preferred attribution model? So if I have last click or whatever it might be, can I also see, oh, I'd like to see what my AdWords is doing in terms of its attribution model. Well, you can see that in in Google Ads as well. You can, no matter what attribution model you're using, you can go into their attribution model tool and see what others would be. True. Yep. The same would be true here. And it's not like you just, you pick one. It's just that you can use any one that you want. That's, yeah. So that's actually pretty cool, right? Absolutely. So overall, Melissa, thumbs up or thumbs down? 
<sighs> um, thumbs upping for the future. Way to How go, future. <laughs> I give it a thumbs up for the future. McFly. Right now, I'm uh, I'm a neutral thumb for this very second. You're a neutral thumb. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, any final comments before we wrap this bad boy up? Oh, I think I've said more than enough. Okay. So again, if you if you want help navigating this, we're going to be publishing some blog posts, and we'll be talking about it on the show again in the future. I'm sure as things develop. Uh, maybe it'll be a new weekly segment where you're like, guess what? Guess what rolled out this week? Uh, but yeah, if you if you want help navigating this, info at fueltravel.com is that email address. You can always hit us up there, or just go check out fueltravel.com/blog. We'll be publishing more content as well. So we have some housekeeping. So Pete, you want to yes. do the honors and read out the <clears throat> listener feedback? Do we need a listener feedback jingle? Yeah, we used to do the Blue's Clues thing, but, uh, you know, meh. I think we need our own. Yeah. All right. Well, I've, I've, now I've got two, two things on my post-it note. But Jessica's not going to wait for that. And this is what she had to say. Just want to drop a line, let you know I listened to episode 168 during my walk this morning, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Such great expertise and team dynamics. I particularly enjoyed the robust points on mobile experience and data slash CRM. I'm now an official follower on Spotify and look forward to more. There you go, so, Jessica. Thank you so much. She is now an So just so everybody knows, episode 168 was five things to invest in and five in one thing to cut from your 2021 market marketing budget. Yep. So go listen to that if you have not. If this is your first episode, we have a plethora of topics for you to choose from. And go back and listen to the most recent ones, and you'll get get to know us a little bit better. You'll get to understand how weird sense of humor, and you might pick up a thing or two about hotel marketing along the way. And if you do enjoy what you're hearing, just like Jessica, you can either shoot us an email, info at fueltravel.com, or even better, you could leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. That would really, really help us out. If you want the notes to today's show, you can get that at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 170. And Melissa, if they want to find you, where can they do that? I am on LinkedIn at Melissa Kavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Phil. Uh, LinkedIn's the best way. You can find me at Phil Fariska, F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And Pete. Either Twitter at P-D-I-M-A-I-O, P-D-I-M-A-I-O or on LinkedIn at feed slash or it's just slash Pete dot or Pete DeMeo, all one. Are you sure about that? I'm not completely sure. LinkedIn's having trouble with me now. It's saying it's unavailable. Hmm. But it's Pete DeMeo. Just type it all out. There you go. You can find me at Real Donald Trump on Twitter, where you'll see me having a little (laughs) meltdown right now. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Uh, The real me is at Stuart Butler on LinkedIn and Twitter. And uh, until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for your news a ruse. <laughs>